On today's show, what do the Dallas Mavericks have to be better at early on in the season? Do the Mavericks know their identity and their roles yet? Tim Hardaway Jr. may have told us that they don't. We'll talk about that and more on today's Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks. I don't believe you shouldn't be here. Loyalty never fades away. Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being part of the show and making Locked On Maps your first listen every day, where the best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day and to comment anything below. Let us know in the comment section. Name one thing the Mavs have to improve on to start the season. Just one. Just one. <laughs> Just one. Let us know that. Joining me, friend of the show, multiple-time guest, potentially reoccurring guest later when a certain co-host leaves the show. Mm, interesting. <laughs> the most requested guest I've ever had after a certain co-host decided to leave. The most tweets I've ever received about a single person that should be on the show more. You know him from his YouTube channel and Bias Slightly on Twitter. What you got for me, Slightly Biased? Just an in-demand guy. What can I say? <laughs> no, I could never replace I could never replace the, uh, the co-host we were speaking of, of course. Uh, you couldn't replace him because you know how to say common phrases. You also <laughs> you also don't root for a trash football team. Uh, there's all kinds of well, other that's, reasons. Well, that's actually maybe not true. <laughs> the Cowboys? <laughs> yeah. Uh, today's show, we're going to get into things that the Mavericks have to improve on going forward. Talk about things that I saw at practice today. I saw a lot at practice today. Talked to Tim Hardaway. Talked to Jason Kidd. Got to see some things. And so we'll talk about that. I think the Mavericks need to know their roles. And we'll talk about the Tim Hardaway Jr. situation. Jason Kidd has not told him about his role. They have not sat down and had a conversation. Is that a big deal? Is it not a big deal? Talk about that. The Mavericks have to play defense. There is a spot from the, uh, there's an answer from Maxi Kleba's interview I did with him on Monday that stood out to me that I didn't really think too much about. And then I went back and listened to it and I was like, oh, you know what? That's something I want to talk about with defense. But I want to start here slightly. One of the first things the Mavericks have to do to start the season and to just get better because this Mavericks team, they've got to be pretty good to start the season because yeah. it can snowball really fast because they don't really have an identity and a culture of winning with this group right now. The last we saw this group, they were losing basketball games. They missed the entire postseason. They, they tanked two games. Like They have to come out of the gate and not, not be like 10-0 and or anything like that. They've at least got to be above 500 and be winning some basketball games. Yeah, And I think one of the first things they have to do is establish some kind of identity. They don't have to have it down pat all the way, but some kind of identity. And we we kind of know what their identity is going to be, but it's something that I think they have to know and identify early on. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I think their identity, they're a jump shooting team that's ISO heavy, and that's just who they've been. Uh, I mean, the real thing that they need to improve on just immediately is they lost 29 clutch games last year, which was the most in the NBA. They played more clutch games than anybody in the NBA. So I think early on, getting a few wins down the stretch of games and close game, clutch games, by the way, for those wondering, five points or less in the last five minutes of the game, getting a few wins like that under your belt early on in the season, I think will actually go kind of a long way for this team. Because uh, you, you look year to year over teams, you know, the bad clutch teams, that stuff fluctuates all of the time. A, a, yeah. a lot of it's luck driven. Most of it, though, is, you know, you look at the Mavericks, they don't. Their interior defense was terrible. Their rebounding was terrible. All of that are factors that lead to losing games in the clutch. 
But uh, for them, it's, you know, can we figure out our identity in the clutch? Who, what's it going to be? What kind of offense are we going to run? They can't do the back and forth. You know, okay, I'm going to try this possession, Luca. No, Kyrie, I'm going to try this possession. <laughs> so uh, we'll see. I, I, that's one of the things I'm really looking forward to to start the season is how they look in clutch games. The thing is, they will though. They'll do. They'll do that back and forth thing, and they'll have yeah. the your turn, my turn. But yeah, they played 55 clutch games last season. That's the most since 2009. Jeez, for any team, for any team. Oh, I knew it was Two a lot. 2017, the Wizards played 55, but then in 2009, the Pistons and the Pacers both played in 56 clutch games. So it's it's the most since then. It's so which is an insane amount. They had 29 clutch losses, like you said. That's tied for Utah with the most last season and the second most losses since 2018. So like it was just almost a historically bad clutch team or just frequent clutch team, but then also yeah. a bad clutch team as well. And I think that identity goes into the, the clutch games, like you said, coming down to the end of it, do we know what we are? Do we know what we fall back on? Do we have enough to fall back on it? Because Luca would just be gassed at the end of these games. And because it was all on him, the identity was Luca and only yeah. Luca, and that's it. And there wasn't any, there was no easy baskets. Luca gets no easy buckets, right? Like that, no. That's been his whole thing since the beginning is he has the most isolation, the most double teams, the most all that, and he still scores 30 points a game. Still tough shot taker, tough shot maker, baby. Still makes it happen, and yet they, you know, you can't, it can't just be all on Luca. And so I think establishing some of that identity, something that Coach Kidd said at practice today, Chuck Cooperstein asked him a question about the style of play and you know trying to push the pace more. And you know, Kidd said our norm with Luca is to walk the ball up. You know, with him out, we'll push the pace more, but we have to keep doing that when he's out. We've got to throw the ball ahead to play faster. The ball has to get past half court. We look forward to playing faster as the season goes on. So that's something they want to add is is playing faster. And I think. If they can get some of these easy buckets going like into the into the game, maybe they don't find themselves in that many clutch situations. Yeah, no, that, that's a good point too because like like that many clutch games is just absolutely insane. It says it shows one of two things: one, the team didn't really blow anybody out, but also two, keep in mind, yes, they missed the playoffs. They were in so many games; they were rarely ever getting blown out. Like it's it's not like this team is far away. This is a point I've been trying to drive home all summer long. It's not like this mm. team was like just in the bottom tier of, of NBA teams last year. I mean, they were record wise, but I'm <laughs> saying like they just watching the team. They're they're more competitive than I think a lot of the numbers last year would lead lead you to believe. But um, yeah, it's uh, th we heard the transition stuff last year though, so I I need to see it with my own two eyes, them pushing the ball in pace. In theory, you sh they should be able to do it. You watch Luca play for Selenia, he can do it. And you can't tell me Luca can't do something on the basketball court, right? Out outside of athleticism related things. Because <laughs> I, was like, I was like, started to yeah. think through the list of things. That You're like, well, let's do. see, dunk from the free throw line? No. Stay uh, silent saying, after a bad call. Yeah, uh, well, <laughs> I would love for that one to be true, but unfortunately, be careful though. That's how you he get He said he's at. trying, Jennifer. He's he's trying. He's been try He's been telling Jennifer he's been trying for years. Well, That's <laughs> how you get in trouble though. I'm not, I don't even want to go there. This is how you get in trouble. He said but sometimes no. it's just not possible. That was that's one of my favorite quotes from like the media day beginning of the season quotes is Luca saying, you know, sometimes it's just not possible for him to not argue with the ref. I do admire his just honesty when it comes to the refs. Like, hey, I just don't like it. Like it's just stop asking. Uh, they're never going to I'm never gonna let up. Do you want one more crazy clutch stat? I did a whole episode on clutch games this offseason, so I've got them all here. Yeah. One more crazy clutch game stat. The Mavs and this goes to your point of the Mavericks were in all these games. Yeah. The Mavs lost 12 games last season by one to three points. Only yeah. four other teams in the last 10 years have lost as many games. So, like, over the last decade, there have only been four teams that have lost 12 or more 
clutch games by one to three points. Like it's at the bounce of a ball at a certain point. Yeah. And it comes down to, if you don't know who you are, you don't know what to fall back on. Or the thing that you fall back on is just Luca and just him being excellent and making crazy clutch shots. Then it's just not going to happen. Yeah. I think maybe that's a better point. And maybe that's the question instead is, okay, are you too reliant on who you think you are, which is the ISO mm. heavy Luca ball? Because it works. I mean, it's been a top, it's been consistently a, a top, you know, last year they weren't top 10, and that was the first time uh, since Luca's rookie year they weren't a top 10 offense. I think they were like 14th or something, but it's consistently been a top half of the league offense, and in most years a top 10 offense. Uh, we know he, how incredible he is, but it is just an unrealistic thing. There's a reason why that type of offense doesn't work, and I don't think it's because. Uh, the only reason I think that's the case is this, that's just so, so much of a burden to put on a player that once you get to the fourth quarter yeah. and we see this with Luca, he's a different player. He's, he's a little bit more tired. Defenses have worn him out. And for some defenses, I think Terrence Mann was talking, I think it was Terrence Mann was talking about their series with the Mavericks. And he was basically saying, our, yeah, like Luca put up crazy stats, but that was kind of what our game plan was, is we were going to tire Luca right. out by kind of let him go crazy at first. And uh, as amazing as Luca was in that series a couple years ago against the Clippers, in the fourth quarter of those games, he was you know, noticeably worse statistically. And that's not necessarily his fault. You know, the, the team needed to do a better job surrounding him. And they had, they did. They went out and got Kyrie. I also hate the minute structure. This is why I go back to the minute structure. I hate Luca's minute structure. <laughs> I can't stand it. I hate him playing full quarters. It does not make any sense to me. They changed, they changed it that second year with Porzingis. Remember that? When, when Porzingis wanted a different structure and they changed Luca's minute structure and then they ended up just going back to it because Porzingis, it, Porzingis wasn't getting any better with the different minute structure. And they ended up just yeah. like after an injury, after Porzingis got injured, Luca went back to his normal minute structure. But I, it's just, it's the way he likes to play. I don't know. <laughs> I know you, would think, I, you would think it would be ideal though. Okay. He's, he's rested. He's coming into the game. Let's play the whole quarter. Then second quarter, he plays half of it. That's fine. He gets halftime. So he's rested. Then he gets third quarter. Then he gets a break. All right. All right you want him rested up for the end of the game. And then you're like, all right, let's throw him out there. Like, it, for the minutes that you want him to be good, he is rested before that. But yeah, I, it, it goes back to his conditioning. You, you should be good in all the minutes you play, no matter what, right? He's playing 35 minutes or so. There's only so many spots that you can take him out. Yeah, it, I just, I, I just don't with just the brand of basketball he plays. And, and in his defense, it's a brand of basketball the team wants him to play. So right. I'm not like blaming Luca for this. It's. 12 straight minutes is a long time. That's a lot of physical playing. He's a very physical player. He plays through contact. I like the, like most superstars, eight minutes. Then you get, you know, the last four minutes, you get a, an, another built-in break in between quarters, obviously. And then maybe a few more minutes in the, at the start of the next quarter. That gives you, you know, the, the, the 35, 36 minutes or whatever. Plus the added in breaks of the quarter breaks. I don't know. It just has never made sense to me. If we were, if we had like writing, we, this would be a classic, like deep off season article that we would write with all the like rotation, yeah. like the physical look like visual rotations. Maybe, maybe this is a Grant Asif like special. <laughs> yeah, Grant, maybe this Grant, is, get on it. <laughs> Grant had a great video about Derek Lively, by the way, the other day. Uh, Grant, man, he's, he's flying all over the place. He's everywhere. Ooh, he's world famous. Coming up. Let's talk about what the Mavericks need to do on defense to establish an identity. Maxi Kleba told me something yesterday that really stood out. It may sound like we're going to bash Luca again, but it's something the team's got to get better at. We'll talk we're about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs are incredible shorts. If you've never had them, you've never worn them, you've got to try them. Go to birddogs.com. Go to uh, birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA. You, you can use that promo code as well, LockedOnNBA, to get a free, uh, you can get a, a free water bottle with purchase. 
at this point. Go ahead and check out what they have at Bird Dogs. They have incredible shorts. They have that khaki, like stretch khaki, so that you don't have to worry about them ripping or tearing or anything like that if you're uh, a little too big for your shorts. They'll fit just fine because they'll stretch. Or you got tree trunk legs. You also, well, they'll make make your tree trunk legs look sculpted, like a sculpted tree, like it was, like it was, Grown on purpose. They fit way better than regular shorts. They're made of the stiff that are made of stiff restricting cotton. They uh, fix the issue with a cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches. So you look way slimmer without having to sacrifice movement. You can do all kinds of stuff in these bird dog shorts. Birddogs.com slash lockdown NBA. Enter the promo code lockdown NBA at checkout for a free water bottle with your purchase. That's birddogs.com slash lockdown NBA for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. Touche. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Lockdown Maps, being part of the show, part of the Raccoon Squad, listening every day. That's what makes it part of the Raccoon Squad, if you listen every day. If you want to support the show, text us, get text alerts from us on Maps rumors and more. I'll send you uh, film breakdowns. I'll do stuff from practice that I go to. I'll send you everything. Get, you, get it right to your phone. You don't have to sit around on Twitter. You don't have to pay the $1 a year, apparently, that Twitter is going to make you pay to tweet or post or do anything like that. Uh, you can just pay us instead and support and support local business. Support a That's show right. instead of Elon Musk. So do that. Click the link in the description. All right, slightly. Let's get into another thing that I think the Dallas Mavericks need to get better at, especially right out of the gate, is play intentional defense. The Mavericks defense is predicated on rotations, effort, and all that. I talked to Max mm-hmm. Kleba about it yesterday, and something that he said really stood out to me. This is Max Kleba Monday at practice. Defensively, what's the thing you guys can do to get better? Because your defense seems to be all predicated on rotations, effort, making sure you're in the right spot. What can you do this year to be better? I think the one thing that everybody has to bring is just effort, you know, because mistakes are going to happen in the league. The offense is too good to not make mistakes. But, you know, when there's a mistake happening, we have to not crack down but continue playing and help each other unite. It might might be a call, maybe a wrong call. We get beat, but, you know, we can't just stop playing. we got to help each other out and just, you know, make effort plays. Okay, this goes back to identity, and this is why I say intentional defense, because you have to put the effort in. First of all, to play defense as it was as it was constructed. The, the Sean Sweeney, Jason Kidd defense is all an effort. It's all being in the right spot. It's all knowing where you're supposed to be, everybody communicating and all that. Grant Williams, I think, is going to step in as the vocal leader. Mm-hmm. They desperately needed that last year. The mm-hmm. thing that Maxi said, though, is if we get a wrong, if the wrong call happens, we can't just not get back on defense and just throw like punt on defense. And they, you got to get back because it's got it's predicated on all five players being there. Yeah. Are you trying to set me up? <laughs> I, I've gotten destroyed on Twitter one too many times. <laughs> this is the classic what I would do with Isaac, where I just drop the bomb. <laughs> I drop the bomb, and you you've got to come through with the point. I, I hand the ball off. Uh, I mean, we. All, it's pretty obvious who he's talking about. It's true. I mean, it's something that we've been saying now. I, I got it. It rises it, and falls. It rises and falls on leadership, right? Like I don't want to go through the full Stephen A. Smith. Like mm-hmm. you've got to be better, right? Like with but Luka Doncic, he does. It, he's the leader of the team. Anytime I've asked anybody on the team who's a leader, I even asked Maxi mm-hmm. at the end of that clip, who's a, who's stepping up as a leader. Well, we have Luka and Kai. All right. Kyrie gets back on defense. I didn't see Kyrie say one word to a ref almost all the whole time yeah. he was, he was with them at, at the end. But Luca, it's every moment. It's every yeah. time. And that's fine if he does it like LeBron does. LeBron just yells at refs, and then when defense happens, he he doesn't say anything, yeah. and he goes back, right? Yeah, no, it's, it's – anytime I bring this up, 
the common thing is the LeBron, like you said, oh, LeBron complains all the time. Everyone complains. It's, it's the NBA. Most superstars, there's, there's some who just don't talk to the refs, but most superstars are going Kawhi. to yell at the refs and complain at the refs, right? It's just when you choose to do it. Do it after, during a whistle, during a break. Yeah, go and yell at the ref. I don't care. Let them know they've been terrible all night. That's great with me. Don't, but like Luca, and for whatever reason, it was especially bad last year. I don't know if it was just the frustration of the season and, and everything, which is what I'm assuming it is. It, it's, it was just so bad to the point where it, at times, like it would make you want to rip your hair out. And these are the things with Luca where it's like, he's so unbelievable. He's so incredibly skilled. He's so incredibly talented. And by uh, uh, contrary to popular belief, I do think he's a hard worker and he really, really cares about winning, which is why he gets so competitive and yells at the refs. It's just, these are things that can be fixed. And I'm hoping, because he's, he's going to be turning, what, 25 this upcoming season, entering year six, right? Or is it year five? No. Uh, this is year six, because he year, made it one, yeah. he's been all NBA four times and he didn't make it this first year and now this is year. Yeah, yeah. So year six, these are things that you expect to start seeing cleaned up. And this is another reason why I kind of like the addition of Kyrie Irving, because when you really think about it, all of Luca's running mates up until this point were, you know, KP, who was young and kind of also inexperienced. And thought uh, he was Jaylen. better than Luca. Yeah. <laughs> you thought he was better than Luca? Is that what you said? He did. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, I don't hate that. I'm going to be honest with you. You need to know your role, but I want players to think that they're really good. But at a certain point, to a certain extent. But, uh, and then Jalen Brunson, they were in the same draft class. And so Kyrie's a guy who's been around a long time. He's played with LeBron. He's played with Kevin Durant. Can he pass down some of these teachings to Luca? And can Luca just sort of, I mean, I don't know. It needs to be this year, Luca. We got to stop screaming at the refs, man. I think Grant Williams is going to help. Honestly, I think Grant Williams may help with this more than Kyrie can because we asked yeah. Grant Williams about this specific thing at Media Day. Oh, oh, I'm glad we get to do that. I'm glad I get to do that again. We asked him at Media Day. <laughs> I asked him. Will you take text for Luca? Will you get in the way and stand in the way and like and get in the way between Luca and, <laughs> and Grant Williams said he might have to do that for me, right? Oh. And like maybe it's maybe it's two players both yelling at the refs. They both get called for text and, and blah blah blah. But maybe if Luca feels like he has an advocate on the court and somebody with him that's in his corner that's like yelling at him, then maybe it won't feel like it's only on him. And then maybe that gets to Luca. And then. I think there'll be a moment this season where Kyrie has to pull Luca aside or there'll be some kind of report like Kyrie is furious at Luca. You know, there'll oh, be something God, like that. that it, it'll come from Tim McMahon or, you know, somebody where, yes. and it'll be about this. It'll be about this moment where it's like, we've got to get back on deep with well, this. This is not how you play championship level basketball. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think that'll happen, but this all goes back to, you know, playing intentional defense. First of all, playing defense and, and getting back. Yeah. And then uh, playing through, playing through Derek lively a little bit too, because Defensively, it, there's going to be a lot on Derek Lively early. Uh, Jason yeah. Kidd mentioned that he's playing playing with the the second unit this week. That he's they they've been throwing him there, mm -hmm. and uh, just to play with some other guys, I think instead of just having them all play with the first unit. But I think Derek Lively is going to start, and I think that they're going to have to play like their defense is predicated on how good he is early on. Yeah, no, agreed. And I, it's, there's going to be some growing pains. Uh, people need Absolutely. to understand that. Like, it's not going to be sunshine and roses. And I don't think too many advocates for Derek Lively and people who, like myself who really believe Derek Lively can impact this team think it's going to be some perfect seamless transition. Uh, I, I posed this question on Twitter and it's what I've been saying most of the offseason. You look at last year's rookie class and the, the rookie centers that were drafted around where Derek, Derek Lively went. Mark Williams, uh, who I think is tremendous, by the way. Yeah. The Charlotte Hornets, obviously. Jalen Duran for the Pistons and then a little bit later in the first, but Walker Kessler. All three of those guys by the end of the season had 
very meaningful impacts on their teams, even though uh, most of their teams weren't very good. But the Jazz were the Jazz were a frisky team for a lot of the year, and Walker Kessler was the anchor of their defense and was immediately one of the best anchors in the NBA. Mark Williams got plugged into the starting lineup after the trade deadline in Charlotte. They had a top seven defense the rest of the the rest of the season, and you know it's a small sample size. Whatever crazy things happens after the trade deadline, teams tank, whatever. But uh, still, and Jalen Duren was one of the better rebounders in the league immediately as a rookie and a, a great rim protector too. So can Derek Lively have a similar impact to the Mavericks? Um, and if that's the case, like that's that's gonna, I don't think people realize how bad it, it was at times for the Mavericks last year. <laughs> I think a lot of them do. <laughs> I, I know, but I'm saying like more so. Obviously, Mavs fans do. I'm saying more so like outside media people who yeah. I've heard talk about the Mavericks. I don't think who are like, oh, I can't believe they're relying on a rookie. I don't think they realize how bad it was. To where if Lively can bump pump up some rebounding numbers, and I was looking at cleaning the glass today. I mean, two preseason games, but our rebounding numbers are already much better. And if he can help improve the interior defense, you know, uh, that's going to go a long way for this team. It really is. But there's going to be some growing pains. The finishing plays. I'm glad that you and I are on the same page that rebounding does matter, even if oh, a, yeah. a, a, a certain former co-host of mine may, may have not believed in rebounding. It, uh, it matters to not be the one of the worst in the entire NBA. No, and Isaac agrees with that too. Uh, coming up, let's talk about knowing your role. Tim Hardaway Jr., does he know his role? Did Jason Kidd tell him his role? Apparently not yet. We'll talk about that. Plus, also, I'll give you the updates from everybody health-wise at practice. Jason Kidd pulled out his little piece of paper and read all the health things, and we'll talk about what things concern us and what don't. We'll talk about all that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook has all kinds of stuff where you can get into the action. It's America's number one sportsbook. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. And right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Put $5 down on anything. Get $200 to put down on anything else. There's all kinds of things. Luka moved back up in MVP. It's still Jokic plus 430. Then Luka plus 550. Second? Put Put down 100 bucks on Luca to win MVP, and he does. You win $550. That's enough to buy you a giant water bottle, like the same one that Slightly just, just picked up. Uh, I don't is know. That it's a, a little bit more expensive than that. Is that a gallon? <laughs> I don't know the exact size. <laughs> Luca is number two. Uh, Giannis moved down to three at plus 600, so the Damian Lillard trade pushed him down a little bit. Tatum is plus 750, and Bede plus 850 to repeat. Steph Curry plus 1,400 is the next one on the list. So hmm. get the, get in the action while you can and get that bonus bet money. Again, fanduel.com slash locked on. Explain yourself. Sorry. All right, Slightly, let's get into – let's do some updates from training camp. <laughs> Jason Kidd, my favorite new thing of the season is Jason Kidd will will sit down at his at his chair right in front of the camera, right in front of the Mavs backdrop. He'll pull out a little piece of lined paper, like he pulled yeah. it out of a little notebook. He'll I don't have any I don't think I even have any paper near me. This is the digital world. I don't have any paper at all. Yeah, Actually, paper? What's that? <laughs> he'll pull out his little piece of paper. And then he'll read off all the medical reports and all the injuries that happened. Yeah, so not great. Luca still being evaluated because of that left, that mild left calf strain that he had, that he got the practice before the day before the Real Madrid game. So he's still being evaluated on that. Spooky. I feel like they're just being safe on that, but they should because it's calf injury and those are weird. Yeah. Kyrie sure. was a full participant in practice. Kid said he did great. So if anybody was worried about the groin soreness that he was dealing with, he was a full participant. I was worried. Jaden Hardy hurt his ankle in practice today on Tuesday, and he's getting looked at, so we'll see what happens. Didn't seem like it was too serious, but, you know, something. Josh Green hurt his back in Monday's practice. He was out 
on Tuesday for that practice. Hopefully he'll be back tomorrow. That's what Jason Kidd said. So that one is definitely one to watch because that's a new a new injury that seems like it was a little more serious because he did not participate in practice today. So um yeah, that those are the injury reports. Does any one of them stand out to you? I mean, Luca calf is terrifying just because yeah. calf injuries are scary and they linger. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to, to uh, blindly assume that if it was really bad, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have played in the Real Madrid game at all. I'm hoping that that's the case. I understand how important it was, and he didn't even really play. Even in the five minutes, he like, you know, was just shooting catch-and-shoot threes, whatever. But Calf, <laughs> uh, which, by the way, nice development. If Luca starts shooting catch-and-shoot threes. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Luca hurt. Luca hits catch-and-shoot threes. Dang. Like, yeah, I know. What a it's trade-off. <laughs> But no, uh, the Luca. I'm happy about the Kyrie thing because I was actually getting a little concerned about that. Yeah, but it it seems like all the other ones are just kind of stuff that happens when you play basketball, and it's all right. Sounds Nothing like they're going to practice again on Wednesday, so we'll see if we get another another Jason Kidd pulling out the little sheet to get, to give us the. It seems like it's on. always bad news when that sheet comes out. Yes. Oh, you've got to you got to remember and read the actual thing. Yeah. I did. I did ask Jason Kidd. Was there any talk? about keeping Luca out for an extended period of time just to get that left leg right because there has been left leg stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. He he blew it off and said that it's above his pay grade. And I was like, how many people in the organization are paid more than Jason Kidd? Yeah, I would I be shocked if any front office guys were. I don't know that you can make that, <laughs> that claim as Jason Kidd. But hey, you know. Uh, I don't always tell you guys the truth. So he, he blew it off and said that no, he, he just reports it. He just reports, you know, who's cleared, basically. So he's just, you know. I'm not playing. I'm watching, just like you guys. And the thing he's watching is the injury report. So that's Can I just say, Kid is hilarious. I'm sorry. I know I know most people hate him, but he is, a, he is funny. You missed, our, you missed our entire episode that we did at the end of last season with Austin Garuya and Tim Cato, where we just, the whole time, all we did was play <laughs> kid quotes and crack up at all of them. He is funny. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I may have my soundboard still from that episode. It's just like. I, I just I loaded up my whole soundboard with kid <laughs> quotes and just went through it. Uh, Speaking of Jason Kidd, before the season, he said on Mark Stein's radio show, I've talked to Tim Hardaway Jr. about being sixth man of the year. At Media Day, Tim Hardaway Jr. said, that's the first I've heard of this, of being, being sixth man of the year or even coming off the bench at all. So I asked Tim Hardaway Jr. today, I asked him about, you know, have you had that conversation with Jason Kidd yet? And, you know, do you know your role yet? And he said, no, I haven't had that. You know, we haven't had that conversation. We haven't sat down and done that specifically yet, but I can see the landscape. I know, you know, I know, I know what I'm going to be at this point in my, at this point in my career, I'm a hybrid player. I'm coming off the bench. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm coming off the bench, maybe starting and doing that. Are you concerned that Jason Kidd has not spoke to Tim Hardaway about his role yet? I mean, I guess. I, I just you were you were not concerned coming into this, and I explained to you why you should be concerned. Yeah, no, coming into it, I was like, well, it, from what I understand, I don't I don't know how common I really don't know how common it is in the league for coaches to sit every player down and say, all right, this year you're you're our eighth man, and we're going to give you 16 minutes a game. Right. Like I I don't know if that's really a thing, and you know, maybe kid like Tim said he he understands the landscape. I mean, maybe coaches. Ha, don't think the players are stupid. And it's like, okay, Tim has to see that he's probably coming off the bench this season. And so I, I would think that too, because I wouldn't think that the, he had to sit, the, the Jason Kidd has to sit down, especially with a team like this with so many camp battles. I mean, think about it's Luca Kyrie and Grant Williams, I think probably are all safe in their role. Everyone yeah. else is in a camp battle mm-hmm. for starter minutes, backup minutes, 
third string minutes, like all two way spots. Like everybody is in some kind of battle. AJ Lawson maybe is the, the only other one that knows his role. He's one of the two way guys. Yeah. Everybody else has moved around. And so that's also too. Then why would you? Why would a coach tell you what your role is before camp's even over? They, they still have a whole entire preseason game left. But why would he say before the season he's talked to Tim Hardaway Jr. about being sixth man of the year? This wouldn't be this Tim Hardaway Jr. thing wouldn't be a thing unless Kid had said that and Tim Hardaway at Media Day had said that's the first I've heard of it. And so I I, I did follow up with Tim and I said, is that you know is that something that's that's normal? Have you had conversations with other coaches in the past about your role? And he kind of blew off the question. It was like, no, not really. So this may not be a unique thing with Tim Hardaway specifically, but this goes back to the to the whole thing that we're talking about today. The things the Mavericks must improve is knowing your role mm-hmm. and knowing what you're supposed to do because Jason Kidd said that at media day, Marcus Markeith Morris said it at media day to us. We didn't know our roles last year. We asked what went wrong and they're like, guys didn't know their role, which sounds like a shot at Christian Wood. It is a hundred percent. The shot at Christian Wood. But I think that I think they're right though. In a, in a sense, they do need to know their role and everybody's got to know where they fit on the team. And, uh, and yeah, this is already a situation popping up where the coach has said he knows the role of the player and has not talked to the player about it. But like, what, what is, what is Tim specifically? What is his, his role is to go out and shoot threes. Like it's, I don't really, that's been his role every single place he's been at in the NBA. And that will continue to be his role every single place he's been at in the NBA. This is an interesting thing is role. How many minutes you're going to play and what like spot in the rotation you are or what you do when you get on the court at a certain point. I would assume as a coach, if I'm telling you your role, it's what here's what we are expecting you to do when you get out there on the floor, you're going to be our, you're going to be our small ball five at times. We want you to be switching onto this type of player. We want you to be communicating and, and we, you need to be the quarterback on defense when you're out there and you're going to be setting screens for uh, you know whatever the case may be. Like, that's what I think. I, I just don't think these conversations happen where a coach is like, okay, 27 minutes. I, I just don't – that doesn't make much sense to me because it changes. It, the, it just flows so much. Players get hurt. Certain matchups come up. You know, I, I just – I don't know. We've, we've also seen Jason Kidd establish what, what player roles are early on. Yeah. JaVale McGee is going to start. He said that at Summer League. And he <laughs> not, did not start. Some, he said that at Summer League two years ago. For uh, seven games. <laughs> and he pulled the plug too late on that one. Yeah. Uh, he said that that Luca, Kyrie, and Grant Williams were part of the big group this year, and those guys were going to be starting. So he told Grant Williams what his role was going to be on this team. But Tim is the one kind of in this middle ground, and it, it makes me wonder if guys are going to come in knowing what their role is. I think everyone's going to know what to do when they're on the court because they they do know their identity to an to a degree. They know they're an ISO-heavy pick-and-roll. Luca and Kyrie handling the ball. Everybody else supporting that in some way defensively though that that's where they need to establish an identity more figure out what team they're going to be you know defensively but yeah this tim hardaway jr spot he didn't think he was going to be on the team he thought he was going to be traded i'm going to guess kid thought he was going to be traded i thought he was going to be traded we thought he was going to be traded it just just seems like that's where everything was going but but now he doesn't know his role and he's i guess i still see him as the first guard off the bench yeah he'll he'll, he's going to get a lot of minutes i mean he'll be a top seven guy in the rotation and he'll be an important. I, I've grown to actually really appreciate volume shooters in the NBA. I think they're valuable players. And Tim is definitely one of those guys. It's a three-point shooting lead. The Mavericks are going to shoot a lot of threes. That's what they've always done. And Tim is historically a pretty good to, at times, great shooter, especially when it comes to volume numbers. So, uh, I, you know, I'm happy. If Tim's here, I'm happy. I, ho- I hope he's happy. I, I don't know. He just always kind of seems super... Uh, stoic in these interviews anyways. So I just, I don't know really. 
Well, let's address that part of it too. I saw that a little on, on Twitter today that, Oh, Tim looks so mad. Tim did not want to talk to us today. (laughs) Tim, Tim was walking back to the media section. Like I have to do this. Why do I have to do this? I thought I wasn't going to be on this team. That's that was basically Tim's vibe walking back. So, yeah, I mean, the tensions are definitely high. Let me just tell you right now, if if you're on X, tensions are definitely rising. (laughs) Be careful what you tweet. It will be miscontrued. It will be misconstrued and you will get screamed at. It happens. Just mute and move on. The thing with the thing with Tim though is I agree. I, I am I'm valuing volume shooters too because there's a difference between a Seth Curry that shoots four threes a game mm-hmm. and hits forty five percent of them, or a Tim that shoots seven or eight threes a game and yep. makes like thirty eight, you know, thirty nine percent of them, uh, you know, in a, in a good year. Like there's a different kind of there's a different kind of thing that that both those players bring. You get the efficiency with Seth, but then just the amount of threes that the Mavericks can get up changes their like it, it changes the the amount of games they can win changes their yeah. variance a lot. That's the word I was looking for. Changes their variance because yeah. if if Tim's hitting, they win every game. It just, it yeah, just yeah, seems yeah. it just seems like that. And that that's I was just the way about to say there, there was some stat at some point last year that I was following where like if Tim shot over, I don't even, I don't even think it was a crazy number. It was like forty percent, but it might have even been lower than that from three. The Mavericks were like sixteen and zero on the season. <laughs> like they won every game he shot well in. And whatever you think about Tim Hardaway Jr. as a player, uh, he is a guy that defenses check for he's a guy that defenses have to account for when he's on the floor with Luca and it's just a great spacing option and he's not afraid to shoot he's not afraid to pull up and I know it gets frustrating at times but you need guys like that on the floor even if they're missing to shoot the threes you know we get mad at Josh Green when he doesn't shoot threes yeah, rightfully you, so you've got to yeah so I mean I'm, I'm I'm monitoring it I'm keeping it in the back of my mind I think the Mavericks are going to be a, a very busy team in the trade market this year and just looking at their, their contract situation, it's pretty clear and obvious who the contracts are. Thank you for stalling. I, I, was, I was counting. <laughs> they were 21 and 14 at the end of the season when Tim Hardaway Jr. hit, his, hit 40% of his threes, which is still like a, a good record. That's, that's very good record, especially for last year. Right. That was, that was last season when they didn't make the postseason. Yeah. There you go. Let us know in the comment section what the Mavericks need to do to early on in the season to improve to start the season subscribe to our subtext so you can get all kinds of updates and rumors and i'll do watchback videos and all kinds of stuff doing film and and all that so subscribe to our subtext guys thanks so much for listening to lockdown maps peace out boom Bye.